Hello everybody and welcome to Fly in the Lab. My name is Maria and I am a scientist, PhD student, science communicator and host of this podcast. Fly in the Lab is a place where we can all chat and laugh about our science confessions or lab mishaps. This podcast is a place where we can dispel myths about scientists and really share some of the humour that gets us through the day-to-day struggles, of which there are many. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope that you enjoy listening to Fly in the Lab. Hello everybody and welcome back to Fly in the Lab. I have just been editing the, well, this podcast episode and just <laughs> sitting there and laughing the whole way through, but also kind of thinking, mm, is it wise that I share this to the world? Um, <laughs> I feel like you're going to learn a lot about me in this episode, but you know what? I don't care. I have very little shame as it is. And to be honest, I think it is quite funny. So I think it's going to be a good episode for you all to listen to. Um Before I begin, I thought I'd tell you a little bit about my week. So I am recording this now on the 10th of December. So this episode is going out in a week and it is my last day today at work. Uh, Well, not forever, just until the new year. I am taking three weeks off work for Christmas. Oh, I'm so excited. I think as a PhD student, you don't tend to take that much time away from your desk and having three weeks off is a little bit of a luxury, but I'm just desperate. I think especially with being in my final year, I'm just at the point now where I'm a, I'm exhausted, to kind of put it bluntly. I'm absolutely shattered and I need a little bit of a break. I need to just think about something that isn't science for a little bit. And I think that's exactly what I'm going to do. So next week, I'm hopefully going to some Christmas markets with my boyfriend. And then the week after, it's obviously Christmas week when I'll be spending some time with again my boyfriend and my family and then the week after is the week kind of leading up to new year and again I'm just going to be like chilling out just kind of recuperating catching up with people you know virus permitting (laughs) I'm not going to talk too much about that right now but uh, yeah I think it's just gonna be really nice to take some time off and that's why I'm recording this little intro a little bit earlier than what I usually usually do because I'll be away all of next week at markets so yeah I just wanted to kind of almost put it out there that I'm taking three weeks off because I think that it's really important to take time away from you know your PhD but also just your job in general I think it's really healthy to just take some time away recuperate and then go back to it with healthy head not only does it really help with your mental health but it also just kind of keeps you in the love of your job you know I think when you get tired you start to despise your job a little bit and you know if you take time away from that then hopefully you come back with a bit of a rested head and your enthusiasm restored so yeah that's kind of my little tidbit for this week that I thought I'd just share but yeah I will let us jump straight into the episode so this episode is with the lovely Abby uh, or Abs however you know her I met Abs on Instagram and she is probably one of my favorite science friends. She is just absolutely brilliant. From the second that we met each other, I felt like we just completely hit it off. And you'll probably see why in this episode we hit it off so quickly. So yeah, I'll just say that it, it, it's all going to become apparent, but you're going to become fairly familiar with both of our bowel movements. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, uh, without further ado, <laughs> let's get into the episode. So welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining me again for another episode of Fly in the Lab. This week, 
I've been so excited for this recording for so long and I feel like we've like rescheduled this so many times I've just been holding out because I knew that this was going to be such a good episode <laughs> and we've actually never spoken like in person before but we've actually kind of got to know each other quite well over Instagram and I would class you as like an actual real life friend now not just like yeah, an definitely. online friend so <laughs> welcome Abby McGlennon do you want to introduce yourself to the podcast? Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, so we, as you say, we kind of met on Instagram, but I actually, yeah, we, we're very similar <laughs> in personalities and life. So we get on really well, don't we? Um, so yeah, I am a third year PhD student at the Royal Veterinary College. My PhD is looking into the general surveillance for and genetic epidemiology of a highly infectious bacterial disease of horses across the UK. Um, so I kind of do two, there's two aspects to it, I guess. Um, so my desk work is surveillance based, where I run a surveillance network for the disease and gather data from diagnostic labs across the UK, where they're confirming that the disease has been found in clinically ill horses. Um, and I also do a bit of basic lab work where I get sent diagnostic samples, I reculture them um, and look for the bacteria that we're interested in uh, and create a library of isolates from them. Um, and this enables us to do whole genome sequencing from uh, the samples which feeds into the molecular epidemiology um, investigation aspect of my work and um, essentially the disease surveillance and lab work will get married together to see if we can match genetically identical bacterial isolates to different disease outbreaks across the UK um, using network analysis and kind of playing inspector gadgets how I like to describe <laughs> it um, and then all going well the findings will hopefully feed into disease prevention and management guidelines across the UK and other countries hopefully as well that's amazing I feel like uh, I say this honestly I say this every single week but like genuinely I feel like your PhD is just so interesting because it's so like far removed from kind of everything that I've ever known and when you post about it on like your Instagram I'm, I'm just always like this is like so cool like the different aspects of your work I just think it's fascinating and uh do you feel yeah, like it's cool when you kind of did your undergrad so what I should also mention actually is that we actually did our undergrads at the oh, same yeah, university true. so we both went to Nottingham Trent Probably around the same time around I the same time yeah. Like over, yeah probably <laughs> I definitely must have seen you on a night out <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just did you feel like this was kind of something did you always kind of want to go into this or is it something that kind of fell onto your lap because I know like we've spoken about this but like do you kind of want to talk about how you've got to where you are yeah so um I, if you told me when I was in college, so I didn't do A-levels, I did um, a BTEC, which for sort of, I guess, international listeners is more of a vocational qualification. So it's a lot more practical based and less in the classroom and theoretical. It's kind of a mix of both. Because um, when I left school, I hated education. I was really fed up with it. And I was like, I don't want to do this. All I know is that I like horses. So um, I was kind of found this course where you could, learn you can continue education but you know it's focused on something that you enjoy so I did that at college and then I guess at the time I felt a bit pigeonholed into horses and a little bit of science so then I went and did um, an undergrad degree at Nottingham Trent um, in equine sports science and again if you told me when I started that that I was going to be a PhD student years later I would have been like oh absolutely not like that's not going to happen like you have to be so smart to do a PhD and all of that and like all these overwhelming thoughts um but I guess like just as I got through it I realized that I actually really like science and 
when you apply it to something that you're passionate about so I'm a horse lover through and through and have been for years now so I think it's it was such a good way to get me hooked on science because you learn a lot of theoretical stuff which can be translated across different um you know species and topics and stuff um so I think that got me hooked on sort of the more scientific research stuff um and I had just the most fantastic lecturer who really supported me especially in my third year she um or I guess in between transition years between second and third years she offered me a studentship where I could do some research um, as a scholarship program um, with her and that got to be my dissertation as well and I guess she just really she inspired me I guess to continue mm. going on into research um, I didn't go straight into my PhD I did two years in um, in a research position I guess at, at a different institute um, and then <laughs> in all honesty it was when you're kind of trying to talk to people about your research and why you're the lead researcher on it um, and what you're trying to do it was blatantly obvious if you didn't have the words or the letter PhD after your name you had a very different conversation with people um, and I realised that I wanted to continue research and it was just a natural progression to go into PhD mode and I was very fortunate that the PhD I'm doing was designed for me, um, written for me about stuff that I'd already done in previous research projects. So it kind of just naturally progressed. Um, mm. My love of research and a career, I guess, is, is where we're going at the moment, <laughs> trying yeah. to. Oh, I hope um, we are. Yeah, it was just a snowball effect, I guess. Just But yeah, 10 years ago, if you told me I would be doing a PhD, I would have just laughed in your face. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, I love that though, because I think, like the sort of serendipitous nature of how it's all come about is really nice and I think it's all happened very organically like the way that you describe it is like yeah. kind of it all happened for a reason and at every step of the way things kind of just unfolded as they were meant to and I think it's really good when you say that you know one of the main reasons why you love what you do is because it's matching kind of your interest in research with also something that you're hugely passionate about like as you say yeah. with horses and I think that's like really important and people who might be listening Absolutely. to this who are maybe kind of not in research right now or maybe are thinking about kind of like going into research that's I think a really good piece of advice something to kind of look for if you're yeah. if you're passionate about something see if you can kind of incorporate that into some research and even if you know you go and approach somebody like a lecturer who as you say like you find hugely inspirational or who's really enthusiastic you can approach them and you can say look I'm interested in this could we do something with that like I did that when I was doing my master's project yeah um and I at the time wanted to do something to do with kind of like mitochondria and I want I was quite interested at that stage in kind of like reproductive biology so I ended up going mm. to a lecturer who I knew was like a specialist in both of those and I was like this is what I want to do is there like any wiggle room here that we could kind of create some sort of project and through that and me kind of sticking my neck out on the line a little bit we like formed this awesome project that ended up being my master's project and I, if I hadn't have done that I don't think I would have yeah. got the PhD that I'm now doing so like things happen for a reason and no I think it's yeah, great absolutely I think it's so important like if you're thinking of going into research or, looking, or doing research it's got to be something that you have a connection to yeah because research will test you 
and uh, you yeah. will fall out of love with your project despite the reason why you started it yeah. um I think and it's unfortunate that that's a thing but it just it does seem to just happen and yeah, I've fallen out of love with my PhD quite a few times across the course um but then there'll be a reason that you'll be looking back for your notes or you'll see something and you'll be like this is why I'm doing it yeah it's you like, know, I started like it for a reason again. yeah exactly so definitely you've got to link your research to something that means something to you I think definitely, definitely. and I think nothing has been more trying than like the pandemic on kind of PhDs it's I mean I remember yeah. we kind of spoke about working from home and I think you were struggling I was struggling everybody was struggling it was just it was grim and I feel like that's just like testament for how much you know you love your project out of my project that we did come mm. out the other side of that even though we were kind yeah. of wallowing in a bit of self-pity for a while <laughs> yeah and I think I've now flipped it I actually prefer working from home like at the moment if I've got lab work I will be in and out so I can work from home the rest of the day like I just I like my little office now it's cozy I'm trying the heater on you have the best little (laughs) office I feel like I see photos of it and I'm just like oh I want to work there (laughs) I feel like I'm I'm still very much in like I like working at work mode but I don't know if that's just because like I'm a bit of a social being and I like Mm. if I'm feeling a bit crappy I really like kind of like like turn into the people who work in my office and it just kind of like picks my spirits up but also I think yeah. it's a case of like I know if I drive to work I do my work and then I come home it's very like separate yeah and I yeah. don't know but then like I, I do I do quite like the thought of working from home and like especially I think in the future that would be quite nice so I don't know yeah. oh it's, it's one of them isn't it <laughs> but I feel like that like it segments me fairly well into the poll of the week because it's kind of linked to working from home and I guess if you're not working from home also if you're sort of just doing this from work so it's it it could go either way but the poll of the week that I've picked is and there's a reason why I've picked this and I'll tell you why I've picked this after you've kind of told me what way you think it's going to swing so (laughs) The poll is, have you ever faked internet problems to get out of a Zoom or Teams call? So, yes or no, what way do you think the poll swung? Oh, um, it's got to be yes, hasn't it? <laughs> I reckon it's... Oh, I do, do you know what? I'm going strong. I'm saying 90% of people have said yes. Whoa. I wow. know. That is, that is strong. <laughs> you went a bit too strong. A bit, a bit too okay. strong, but oh, you're, you're right. That just shows who I am as a person. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of, oh, it's still a fairly strong yes. So it is a majority yes. It was sixty-five percent okay. said yes, thirty-five percent <laughs> said no. So still like a fairly some strong honest one. people in the world. <laughs> I, I mean, I've never like faked it to get out of a call, but I've definitely been a little bit late and been like, oh, yeah, it was connection issues <laughs> camera issue but yeah no nah. I was 100 especially if it's a nine o'clock one you know yeah yeah a work, I know it sounds so bad isn't it working from home but I still I think I've been later to meetings working from home than I ever mm. have been no I, yeah but I think if, if you're kind of driving to work or like you get in the train or something you know that you have to be there at a certain time which is I think yeah. what I found I struggled with when I was working from home because I'd be like I'll just if I was really tired I'd just have an extra half hour in bed but then it would put me half an hour behind in the day and then I'd be like oh yeah. I'll just float on at like 11 and oh it wasn't the one but the reason why I picked this poll 
is because when I put the poll up, somebody messaged me a confession slash story. And when I read this, I just thought, (laughs) Abby is going to appreciate this. (laughs) So I'm going to preface this with one of the things that we have bonded over. And I'm sure you won't mind me saying this. And I did ask before we recorded, could I bring this topic up? We both have IBS, IBD. <laughs> and yeah. so we bonded over how much we poo. <laughs> it's a strong bond. <laughs> it is. It's, it can't be broken, honestly. We, we no. can't go back on that now. So the reason why I thought you would appreciate this is because the confession that came in was this. Once I had to take a laxative and was in an online lecture and I was about to give the presentation, Unfortunately, the laxative crept up on me out of nowhere and I had to go to the loo urgently. I quickly disconnected my internet and sprinted to the toilet, came back five minutes later apologising and saying I didn't know what was going on with the internet today. Then I delivered my presentation as if nothing had happened. Oh my God, that brave soul. (laughs) Oh, I I would never plan a laxative before a meeting. Oh my days, that poor person. Yeah, I, see, I've never seen are, a laxative. There's no before. other way you could. There's no other way you could put that. Like, I, I would 100% do what they, they did. But yeah, that poor person. <laughs> it's the feeling when you know and you're like, yeah, things are happening. I was gonna say like, this, I, this isn't I, good. <laughs> I've, I've never taken a laxative before, but if I liken it to like when you get that sort of like pang of IBS yeah. pain and you're just like. Mm. I I need to not be here right now <laughs> I need to be in the toilet and I have if it was like five minutes before a meeting I would I would go and I would just say I'm really yeah. sorry like there was connection issues or I'd probably send yeah, a message absolutely. and say look I'm running like five minutes late or whatever or I'd maybe even lie and say that I'd been in a meeting previously and like the meeting was overrunning or something like that <laughs> but I there's no way that like if if it's happening it's happening you can't keep it in yeah no you gotta do what you gotta you do gotta go <laughs> oh my days yeah I would blame that on internet technology just blame it on that it's fine a thousand percent a thousand percent in terms of like blaming things on other things when it's kind of like mm-hmm. IBS related I've decided that I'm going to kick off the confessions this week because and I've okay. been saving this confession because I knew that this was the episode to share it in. <laughs> so my like little confession of the week, and this is disgusting. I actually can't believe that I'm admitting this. And like, if anybody who sort of cares about me or admires me right now is listening to this, you're going to see me in a whole new light. <laughs> I was in a second year microbiology lab. And this is when I was kind of figuring out that I had intolerances. So I am lactose and gluten intolerant. And for most of my life, I have had the stinkiest farts. Like, they've not been the one it's been I would say like it's, it's like something's crawled up there and died like not yeah not the I've one. been there don't worry and <laughs> I was in this second year microbiology lab and I don't know what I'd eaten the night before but my stomach was off it just felt a bit grim and I was letting off wind gas whatever you want to call it left right and center 
and it, it stank it was disgusting and the people around my like lab bench were like what is that smell like that is absolutely foul <laughs> and I was like oh it, it must be like the microorganisms on the plates like obviously this is like microbiology so stinky guys yeah yeah <laughs> and I maintained that I maintained this lie for years and one of my friends was in that lab with me and we were talking oh, probably about six months ago and she was like oh you know I was never able to go into microbiology because I just couldn't stand the smell when we were in those labs. Like it was awful. <laughs> I was like, uh, let's call her Emily. I was like, Emily, um, I hate to break this to you, but it actually wasn't the microbiology. That was just me. That is brilliant. You altered the career path of your friend. <laughs> I feel so bad. That's brilliant. Oh. You can, you can definitely, I think that was a very valid lie. Like having grown some really funky stuff on plates, like they do smell. Like, yeah, it's, it, know, I mean. Wash them around enough, it's going to get in the air. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like a little bit of a stretch of the truth. They're not yeah. probably, I, I mean, I can't even remember what we were working with, but I was like adamant I was sticking to that lie because, oh, <laughs> oh, it was grim. It was so grim, but I felt so bad. Like when I was telling my friend, I was like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just a disgusting <laughs> human being. <laughs> I think that was a that was a good lie. I like that. That was Thank very you. good. I'm glad that you appreciate that. Do you have a? Yeah. Doesn't have to be IBS related, obviously. But do you have any sort of like <laughs> lab science degree confessions that you'd like to get off your chest and share? Because this is obviously the place to do it. It is. I guess very well. It is IBS related. So as I was away at a conference um, with sort of like my whole team of people that were interested in the same topic that we were doing we we're all presenting uh, it was held in like um was, we got to, go to Iceland it was amazing it was all like paid for it's it's really good um was the last one I did I think before COVID here and everything mm. um and we were the conference was at the hotel we were staying at and I don't know about you but anything travel related will do something to my mm. digestive system <laughs> anxiety food like whatever it is and um it was the morning that we were all, or my supervisors were presenting or something. And um, I could just, you know, I could feel something wasn't, something wasn't happy, something wasn't right. And um, because it was in the hotel that we were staying at, I was like, you know, what, I'm just, I'm going to treat myself and I'm going to go back to my room. But I ended treat up yourself. completely missing, <laughs> well, treat myself <laughs> and the humans around me that did not need to experience that in the public toilet. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Um, <laughs> yeah but yeah I ended up missing like my supervisor's whole presentation Aww. on his work and like I think he was like chatting about some of my stuff as well because I was just like unavailable and I was like Aww. yeah and I had to sneak in at the end and I know I don't know if he actually ever found out if I missed it or not um because there was enough like tables that it was busy and stuff but yeah so I felt a bit bad about that um oh, these things I happen also <laughs> yeah again supervisor related this makes me look like a brilliant PhD student doesn't it I um, <laughs> went to a different meeting with my supervisors in France and um they were like oh we'll just drive down we'll we'll drive in one car like go on the Eurostar and stuff and I ended up being so so ill and like had a like co constant cough and everything and we were just stuck in this car for like six hours and I don't know how I didn't make them ill but I was like hot boxing it with just germs oh. <laughs> I felt so bad 
oh bless you there's there's absolutely nothing worse I think especially I mean I don't know kind of how friendly you are with your supervisor but I I feel like I mean I like really like my supervisor we get on but if I was like really poorly and I was in a car with her for six hours I just want the world to open up and swallow me up I can think of nothing worse yeah I mean like that I I like my supervisors but it's very much like a a boss employee relationship like it's like some people are quite chummy with theirs aren't they but um yeah so it was more just like oh my god I'm stuck in a car with these guys I feel like utter death and we're in like a six hour car ride and it only got worse the whole like time we were away so on the way back I was feeling even more rotten and I think they just let me sleep in the car the whole time oh oh, that's so good of them though (laughs) yeah they're they're really sweet they're lovely guys but oh, oh my god yeah I was so ill um and that um what other confessions I guess the most recent one I've got is um I was just chatting away to my supervisor so as I said like my work involves collecting samples from labs like they send stuff to me um and because they're kind of taken from a horse they get diagnosed in a lab like and then they get sent to me there's a bit of a delay in how old the, the sample is so sometimes you can expect the bacteria to grow sometimes you won't get any because it's just a really old sample and other bacteria has won the competition of life in that you know samples timeline or whatever or sometimes the plates are just really contaminate contaminated with loads of other stuff so it's just harder to to get the bacteria you're looking for to save it down um and my supervisor is just obsessed with this bacteria and he will talk about it for days and days and days if he could so he will try and do anything to save every little you know isolate and different strain of it and everything uh whereas I'm a bit more blasé I'm like yeah do you know what it's more work for me if I have to keep trying to get a pure plate of this stuff um so I just decided that this plate that I grew up was too contaminated and I was like you know what we'll just cut my losses I've got however many other samples here like it you know it's it's fine I can deal with it this time um and then so I sent an email to my supervisor just giving them an update because it was about some samples that they wanted to know about um and I was like oh yeah this is what worked this is what didn't work um and he was like oh have you tried this with the samples that didn't work and I was like oh no uh, just, I, you know what I didn't think to do that um oh. and then I think at that point I'd already been to the samples or like uh, got rid of the samples and I only had what was left on the plates that had grown so I was like oh no that it's just I just can't possibly do it because I don't have the samples and actually I think I'd been the plates as well so everything was gone there was nothing left oh, to like work no. from and he like it wasn't a problem but I was there like I'm I'm not gonna tell you that I'd been the samples already because oh, <laughs> you really oh. upset with me but oh yeah it's, it was just too contaminated to work with like I couldn't find like it didn't pick a, a pure yeah. colony or anything like yeah stuff like that because I was just like I'm I'm not making more work for myself. And no, also yeah, I think sometimes samples are long gone. You know, <laughs> they've been I mean, also great. It's, it's not like ideal, but like you know, I think especially like when you're doing research, it gets to a point where you have to make calls where exactly you're not necessarily kind of getting in touch with your supervisor all the time and saying like, "Is this okay?" Um, yeah. So like, yeah, oh, it's 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 one of them. Like, you sort of kick yourself in the foot a bit, but there's there's not much you can do I mean we've all done it and I made I made my judgment on we had like samples from a group of horses within one outbreak so it's more than likely going to be the same strain going through them so I was Mm -hmm. like what's one sample you know yeah it's not worth my time 
um you just got to try and get it when it's time. probably yeah. yeah it's probably the same strain it's going to look the same when we do genetic analysis on it so I was like you know what I'm just going to get rid of everything but then I had to lie and tell him that I couldn't possibly get any more of this oh. bacteria because I'd already been everything <laughs> it's it's oh yeah I've um I think you probably did the right thing just like skirting around it a little bit because yeah you don't yeah. want him to be like well that's not ideal but equally you've you've done what you've done it is what it is and you're right it's just one sample at the end of the day you've got to make exactly. these calls sometimes you don't have all <laughs> the hours in the day so oh bless you those exactly. are good confessions thank you thank I like you. them I like them so I picked out two for us to dissect <laughs> the first one is kind of like sort of related to like illness and stuff because I just felt mm. like that that was our vibe yeah. <laughs> and then there's another one that's just like kind of a general lab one so mm-hmm. we'll dive in with the first one which is kind of about feeling like unwell so confession number one and I'm gonna start by saying this person is brave for sharing this <laughs> very brave okay. and I am praying for you my friend whoever this was so the confession is and this is a bit of a long one so bear with me I was a first year student queuing up for one of my first ever lab classes at 10 a.m and my stomach felt really off now I was nervous but I won't lie I had also been out the night before and it had been a particularly messy one I'd had a few hours sleep was really hungover and paired with feeling nervous about the lab I really wasn't in a good way. As we were queuing to go into the lab, I could feel my stomach swishing about, but thought I could just battle through. I got about half an hour into it when one of the demonstrators was showing us how to prick our own fingers to take some blood. Unfortunately, that was when my stomach decided to swell and I didn't even have a chance to move before I projectile vomited all over the lab bench and everyone in front of me, as well as simultaneously shitting myself. (laughs) I blamed it on the heat and a dodgy burger the night before and legged it out of there. To this day, one of my most embarrassing moments. Oh, my days. (laughs) Oh, that poor person. I was like, I'm so sorry. Did you go back? Did you quit? (laughs) how do you come back from that I feel like you've just got to walk back in the next time like head held high and be like guys it was what it was I'm sorry did anyone know that they shot themselves though because you could just pass it off as the the vomiting if you got out there quick enough yeah I don't know I should have asked that in hindsight (laughs) but oh I could I could just oh that's mortifying though that is absolutely awful first lab as well like people are going to remember that that's what you're going to be people are definitely going to remember that especially if you like did it over other people like imagine somebody like just vomiting all over you oh no um well that would be a chain reaction for me I'd be gone I'd be gone yeah to be honest I would (laughs) I I absolutely hate seeing people being sick hearing people being sick and I'm not good at oh no 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 especially if they had drunk the night before as well like that that's never going to be nice regardless oh no (laughs) I don't know I I honestly don't know how you come back from that oh my god I would have just hibernated and 
I think, change like, module. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I don't want to do like, this class anymore. One hundred percent. I'm really sorry. This is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel I'm like out. it's it's one of them where I think I would definitely blame it on illness. Like yeah. I would go like, oh, I have like a really horrendous stomach bug. I have like gastroenteritis. I'd be like picking the most horrendous cholera I have like the most horrendous <laughs> disease you can think of and that is what made me do that it is a thousand percent not because I had too many egg bombs and VKs the night before I don't know I probably blame it on hangover like if you're at what's it undergrad you can get away with loads when you're an undergrad can't you like that. yeah yeah I remember at my uni so quids in yeah obviously yeah. quids in they used to do it on my campus um on a Wednesday and a Sunday um, and both those days, well, on a Thursday and a Monday, we would have early yard chores so that we had like practical work with horses and there's, um, there's a yard at that uh, campus that we're on. So Thursday morning, bright and early, we'd have a riding lesson in our first year. Uh, so that was after quids in. So that was always fun. We would be um, somewhat hungover <laughs> day trying to ride a horse. Um, and then on the Monday, we had like really early yard work as well. So that was that was never ever any fun um, yeah we were talking about this and so there's definitely been questionable moments when I've oh, been looking yeah. at horses there just <laughs> evaluating my life choices yeah. we um the the episode isn't out while we're recording this but it's actually tomorrow the there's an episode coming out with my friend Hannah who was my like first year lab buddy um mm. and we were talking about this actually because ocean night out was on a Wednesday and we had 9am three hour labs on a Thursday morning and like you could just see (laughs) yeah they must because everybody just looked like grey it was the most horrendous lab to be in because everybody was obviously like bears with (laughs) sore heads hung over I just didn't want to be there and like I look at the lecturers I just think why 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 do that because you knew that we just wanted to do our work and just get out of there I couldn't think of anything worse like at least being hung over and having to do like stuff around horses you're outside being in a lab with like you know airflow and all of that controlled and it's like a clean environment they often have like quite a clinical smell to them I was gonna say yeah yeah being really hung over in a lab would be just hell yeah <laughs> at least outdoors think, you can like yeah about a bit of fresh air, air, fresh air. And, yeah and I think like the thing for me and this is like not even relating to like being hungover or like ill I guess being ill like I don't know if this is just like the IBS situation but I panic if I know that like I have to get through say a lot of like doors or something like that to get to the nearest toilet and like yeah. it's like when I go to a restaurant like I feel like I'm always kind of scouting out where the exits are and like where the toilet is and I feel like especially in like the labs that we were in so at Trent it was the Rosalind Franklin labs that we had mm-hmm. the Thursday morning labs in and it was a case of like you went through the first door to get into the building that was where the toilets were then you mm-hmm. went through like another sort of like swipe lock door to get to the lockers you then had to go yeah. through another swipe lock door to get to the lockers that had the lab coats in to then go through yeah. another swipe door to get into the lab and my mind was always yeah. like if I have some sort of like situation here 
I have to go through three like locked sort of like airtight yeah. doors to get to the nearest toilet and I was always just like no no and like the thought oh of God. that and is that that's hungover, the cat oh. two lab as well isn't it yeah because yeah. I think I did some work I, that's where I did my dissertation work and you obviously they're so strict about you know hygiene so you'd have to like wash your hands before you took your lab coat off yeah. rip your lab coat off put it back in the locker because you can't your get your again. own keys out oh my god yeah that would be panic that would be so much panic I, I used to really I get think, quite stressed yeah. in them I'll be honest like especially if I wasn't feeling very well and that's not even as I say like if I was hungover or anything because yeah. generally <laughs> I, I knew that like I would be even worse if I was hungover so I tended like if I did go out on that Wednesday night I'd be like quite gentle or mm. I just like wouldn't go out at all um but yeah I did oh, just reading that story I was just like <laughs> you <poor> pet. <laughs> yeah I mean I feel so sorry for them that is that's grim that is grim that's so grim <laughs> well the second confession is a little bit less <laughs> vulgar mm-hmm. <laughs> so this one is just a kind of general lab related one but I thought it was quite a good one so I left the lab on Friday and forgot that the air conditioner was on by the Monday morning the lab was completely flooded I totally panicked and looked for all of the possible towels in the department and lots of buckets and mops thankfully for me it was a relatively hot day and I managed to dry everything out within around four hours before my supervisor came in and luckily they never found out Oh my days. What kind of air conditioning is that? So I asked this because I was like, it warm enough to like evaporate that water. You clearly don't live in England. And uh, so this yeah. is a confession from somebody in the US. And I can't remember okay. where they said they were from. Um, but it was like somewhere kind of yeah. warm. Um, and they were like saying that this air conditioning had like failed and they came in. I was like, how much is like a lot of water? And they were like, like equipment was getting covered at this point I was like oh my dears but it kind of got me to thinking like I mean obviously I've never been in that situation but if something like that happened I don't know if I would tell my supervisor I think in in the case of an emergency I think I would try and just deal with it first and then if I couldn't rectify the situation that's when I'd be like (laughs) picking up the phone and being like yeah help yeah 100 percent. I I think I'm the kind of person that if I've made a mistake I will try and sort it out before mm. having, like I will always if I have to I will throw my hands up and be like look guys I, I did this but if I don't have to and I can get away with sorting it out and getting it back to how it should be then I won't want to have to embarrass myself like that yeah but the panic I wouldn't even know what to do like if the lab was flooded I, yeah Oh I think it's just panic panic mode. you'd be like oh my god oh you would I think sometimes you do go into autopilot though because I had an incident oh it'll be a couple of months ago now we've definitely spoken about this because it was like a major deal in my life at the time um when my incubators all failed and all of my flies mm. died because they were like fried within an inch of their lives oh yeah I remember yeah and it was a case then of like I sort of like saw what had happened my jaw hit the floor I promptly started like hysterically crying um oh, so no. it, it was not not the best I uh, am not really somebody <laughs> who you want in your corner in these sort of situations because I do tend to turn into a puddle but I was crying my eyes out some of my friends from the office downstairs sort of came and sat me down on the sofas and made me kind of do some deep breathing brought oh, me up some water. Yeah. and then it was a case of like right 
evaluate the situation can anything be salvaged nothing could so at that point I was like right I'm gonna have to like ring my supervisor because there's Mm -hmm. literally nothing I can do to kind of solve this situation but if I'd like I mean I guess I wouldn't have flooded the lab because even if like you forget to to switch the air conditioning off it's kind of yeah really isn't it it's not you kind of sat there purposely doing it yeah yeah Yeah, I think I would try and just deal with it first yeah because I'd be really scared that like my supervisor would be really hacked off at me yeah and it depends what equipment's being like messed up as well like you could you could always if it's over the weekend you could oh I came in a Monday and like this had happened and Mm. I've done my best to sort it out I just don't don't know what happened again just blame on the technology oh the air conditioning failed you know something like that like but yeah I think I always try and sort my life out if I found something that I've done wrong or come into something that's a bit yeah. weird I'm like right let's sort this out before I throw my hands up yeah um, try and kind like of... you I might have a little meltdown first but mm. you know yeah always definitely. try and like sort it out first yeah I think you're right it's gonna get like a level syndrome. I don't want to have to admit to being bad <laughs> that's the, that is the thing though like even when something goes wrong I feel like even if it's completely out of your control like when all the flyers died I rang my supervisor and I was like really upset I was apologizing even though it had it was not my fault I think like because you do have such strong imposter syndrome you do sit there sort of thinking oh this is going to make me seem really inept and then yeah I'm always really worried that like even though I'm like in my final year now that she's going to turn around and just be like no I don't want you anymore (laughs) like I've realized how rubbish you are and like if something does go wrong even if it is out of your control, I think you do automatically just blame yourself. I mean, I don't know if you've ever yeah, had any kind of machinery break down on you, but it's, I always do panic and think, how am I going to tell somebody about this? I haven't had anything break on me. I just have the fear that I'm going to break it. Mm. <laughs> so even if it's something that I've done like 500 million times, I will be like, oh my God, it's going to break this time. Or what happens if it breaks? So I just have that constant fear that I'm going to be the person that breaks it. And I know how expensive these things are. And I'm like, I don't want to be responsible for that. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Definitely. I think. uh, And I mean, if anybody's listening to this who kind of isn't aware of the sheer priciness of some of the pieces of equipment (laughs) that we work with day to day, it's ridiculous. Like you'll have a microscope that costs like a couple million. And that's just like standard. Like machinery is normally like in the region of like a hundred thousand plus it's it's scary isn't it you mm. just don't want to think about it I remember during my masters I was using um oh it's like a like a micro needle to, it was to inject um mice embryos mm-hmm. and that my sort of like postdoc supervisor was using it and he was like I think he casually mentioned like how much it was and he was like yeah so like <laughs> I'm not gonna let you use this like and I was like yes that's fine I don't yeah. want to touch it because I was like if I break this it was like ridiculously expensive and like the most femur sort of like piece of equipment ever I was like oh god no 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 it's no, just no. scary isn't it yeah I feel like I'm not qualified to hold these items <laughs> use these machines I know and so do you work with cell culture no so I literally it's very simple um it's just culturing bacteria and then DNA extraction um and then I prep it and then we send it off for whole genome sequencing so it's just sort of basic lab skills that I have and I've kind of just learned them since doing the research into this bacteria I didn't 
we did like a tiny lab module in my undergrad degree but um because the degree was quite broad we didn't go into specifics of stuff um right. so I basically just learned on the job <laughs> so I can do you... what I need to do <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, sure more than that. I'm sure don't put yourself down but can you so do can you like contaminate that with like human bacteria or viruses or like is the sort of like contamination side of it not as big of a deal as I think you can so I get clinical samples so there will be other bacteria on the first plate that I grow more than likely um so it could be the bacteria that affects horses or there is a zoonotic bacteria as well so um it could if I was to somehow ingest inhale this bacteria then I could make myself sick there's also other sort of pathogens and stuff that will just be found in um, a horse's respiratory tract as well so there's like other bits of contamination but that's from the sample I'm working with I think because I work in a cat 2 lab everything's aseptic Mm. Um, so apart from the sample I'm working with there won't be any other way to contaminate the sample um, because of how clean and aseptic you have to be when you're working with them so yeah I kind of can get away with quite a lot of stuff because it's all generalized within my sample there's nothing else that I can sort of put into the plates because I'm in a hood I wear gloves and do everything aseptically so right okay that makes sense I was just wondering because like I feel like contamination is like a huge thing that people freak out about and that's something that I would always be I mean I'm probably in the same boat as you like because I obviously work with flies like there's not really Mm -hmm. that much that I can do if I'm doing like an RNA extraction or something like it's not I mean I'm still careful but it's not as big of a deal and um, mm. if I was working with like human samples or something like that I'd be absolutely terrified about contamination yeah. and stuff like that and if I did I don't I don't know if I'd be telling my supervisor yeah. so willingly I don't know <laughs> yeah yeah I know my friend um she's working with stem cells and they are very uh, fragile cells I guess I mean they yeah. can be contaminated very very easily I think from what I've sort of learned through chatting with her and stuff so yeah if if they go into um, an incubator which has had something dirty in it then those stem cells are pretty much done for and it takes another three mm. months to grow the stuff that they need um, so I think she has a lot more pressure than I do in that sense I'm quite lucky I already work with a dirty sample I guess and I just have yeah. to yeah ever so as you grow it up you kind of pick out a colony and then you make a pure plate of it and it, okay. it gets pure as you go along I guess um and right, you right. Save down what you need um uh, for sequencing so I guess I have it the other way whereas they start with a pure sample and you cannot get it contaminated because you're mm. wasting time money and effort I guess but yeah oh, the joys eh, of uh, <laughs> lab work <laughs> we say like spitting <laughs> we love it really yeah we do we do yeah of course I do if my uh, supervisor listen to this I absolutely love it <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh, so those are the all of the confessions for today um I thought Amazing. they were quite good I hope that you enjoyed them yeah they're very good they, they make you feel like a human again like we're all in this together yeah that's and... I feel like that's the thing like yeah. I, I do I have said that a few times like I read them and I'm like oh it's not just me that's rubbish yeah. <laughs> it's not just me that makes mistakes we're all it's a little like, bit rubbish sometimes yeah it makes me feel so much better because I think especially like as we said like we met on Instagram and I see a lot of kind of like Instagram scientists and 
although a lot of them do kind of post about their failings you do see the odd one where it's just like super high achieving and like I've done this and then I've done this and then I did this and you're like oh yeah I'm not I'm not like that I'm doing all of the mistakes (laughs) no so it does make me feel better like obviously like speaking to people like you and like everybody who I've had on so far it just it does make me feel better and I hope that it makes anybody who's listening feel better too (laughs) I'm sure it will I hope so but uh, before we kind of wrap up recording is there anything that you'd like to kind of share um if you want to talk about like where people can find you so like your Instagram or if you want to direct them to like any papers that you brought out or like lab websites whatever you want this is your free reign to like promote yourself (laughs) exciting um yeah I guess I as you say we met on Instagram so I have an Instagram which is basically just a blog about my PhD life um so you can find me at another PhD student or one word um and yeah I kind of it's very much a a blog I don't I like Psycom, but I don't have the brain span to be able to <laughs> publish all of that stuff so I I like to use it just as a, a way to look back on my PhD journey and kind of just a diary of what's going on in my life so you'll Mm. see stuff about my PhD stuff about the science behind what my PhD is but then you'll also see bits about me going for a run or Penny my horse Uh, (laughs) we love Penny she pops up a lot so it's yeah it's just a little blog as you say I just like to try and keep it human yeah you're very relatable this is is my PhD journey it's up and down a lot (laughs) but you can find me there um, and if you wanted to nosy in at my work, if you just Google surveillance of equine strangles, then that will be a page full of stuff that is related to me um, and my work as well. So, yeah, that's, that's about it, really, I think. <laughs> so cool. I love that. Uh, Brie, well, no, I will put some links in the description box uh, so that people can check that out. But other than that thank you so much for coming on. I really, really enjoyed that. And I'm so pleased that we've finally been able to like, speak face to face. I know thank you so much for having me it's been so much fun I love it I'm glad that you feel like that no thank you it's been really great and there you have it there is my episode with abs oh honestly that was just (laughs) such a great episode to record I felt like I know that I say this but I laughed from start to finish and it was sort of like a nice form of therapy to kind of talk through some of the things that I've been hiding for a while, um, like that old gas story and thing blaming it on microbiology is not one of my proudest moments, but a good one to share on the podcast, I suppose. Um, and obviously to chat a little bit about Abby's research, it was great to kind of learn a little bit more about what she does and yeah, just kind of get a little bit more to grips with kind of her research and all of that. So I'll pop all of her information in the description box and I will see you all in two weeks time. This is the last episode before Christmas. So I'd like to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and I will speak to you just before the new year. Speak to you all later. Bye.